Hey, hey, welcome to episode three of Fave Babes Podcast. I'm Chelsea Ashford, and today we have Ali Monday, owner and photographer of Lady Groove, a high-end boudoir experience in the village of West Greenville. In this episode, we uncover the three main reasons she created Lady Groove to be woman-centered boudoir via stripping away parameters that are around us through her own experience with an eating disorder, finding sexual liberation, and exploring movement. Hey, you guys, welcome to the third episode of Fave Babes Podcast. Today, we are sitting down with Allie Monday of Lady Groove. What's up? Hi. So good to be here. I'm such a fan of you. Thank you. (laughs) I'm a fan of you. Thanks, girl. So Allie um, is a high-end boudoir photographer here in West Greenville. Indeed. Yes. Yes. Woman-centered. I love it. And I want you to explain all about what is Lady Groove... Um, how did you get to Greenville first? Tell us how you got here and where you're from. Yes. So I got to Greenville by my husband. Um, we met in Charleston when I was teaching sex education. Actually, I was teaching abstinence education. Very interesting. So great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, which I do have a lot to say about, but for another time. So we met, he lived in Anderson and I lived in Charleston and he came to my front door and uh, yeah, so we just hit it off, and then probably nine, ten years ago, I moved to Greenville. But you're originally from Albany, Georgia. Yes. So how did you Albany. get? How do you say it? Albany. Oh, That's Albany. It. <laughs> That's how everyone says it. All yeah, Georgia Albany, peaches. Georgia, Southwest Georgia. Cool. So how in the world did you get from there to Anderson? From oh, I got to Albany to uh, Charleston. Okay, and then Anderson. just because of my job. Got so it, after got college, it. that was the first place that I moved. Cool, was Charleston. And then you, you and your husband met in Charleston. We did. And what was he doing then? He was playing music. Cool. What does he play? He plays the bass and the saxophone. Ooh, girl, mm-hmm. I love me a sax. Yeah, that's it's, so it's fun. It's real sexy. <laughs> <laughs> we used to say in my band that it's real sexy, you know? Oh, I like that. We would open up and we'd be like, everybody give a round of applause for our real sexy yes. sax player. <laughs> um, well, cool. So how did you get into photographing women? I know that you were a photographer um, of many of many things before. And then, um, you've kind of found your niche here. Yes. Yeah. And that's been so relieving. Um, I started out shooting prior to knowing my husband and I was just second shooting for weddings. And then I got the job teaching abstinence. And then because of funding, I lost my job. Mm. And right at the same time, they were like a year into marriage. My husband quit his job. So we're like a year in either one of us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, He said, well, what's your dream job? Let's make that happen. And I said, well, I want to be a photographer, but I really think I'm going to be good. Like, I know everyone's doing it, but Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to make it. And so he, you know, he started helping me do research and like the technical aspect of it. And the next thing I knew, he was second shooting for me and having opinions and, (laughs) you know, uh, gradually we we became photographers together. We became the Mondays. 
It was a husband wife. The Mondays. Yes. I think that's the cutest. Thank you. Husband and wife team. I mean, that really does sound either a like a to me. It sounds like an eighties band. Right. Mondays. Yeah. Or um, I lost out on that epic. name for sure. <laughs> I do feel like I have my my rock star name. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys did weddings together. Did you shoot anything else together? Uh, we tried shooting newborns, and that was a huge fail. Um, we were just bad at it. Newborns are hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really hard. And so we just did the typical engagement and bridal sessions and family sessions. And then I started f- – We we it's not that we weren't in love with weddings. We knew that it was there for a reason. And um, But as we kind of started not wanting to do those anymore, he started dabbling into – um, commercial work. And that was all very overwhelming to me. And he started getting into film and it was just like this, this whole technical aspect that I wasn't used to that mm-hmm. part of my brain really mm-hmm. hadn't been turned on yet. Um, and so he started doing that. And then all along I was shooting boudoir and I, but I was shooting partner centered boudoir. Mm-hmm. This is where it's, it gets really different. Yeah. And so I was shooting for a woman to shoot for their partner. Now, were you going to, I've shot some boudoir, but I, mm-hmm. I figured out that it wasn't for me because right. a, I don't, I'm not married. I don't have a partner. So it was very different for me to be shooting that and trying to explore sexuality when I didn't sure. even know what it meant. So right. I quit doing boudoir specifically. So my question is, is when you started doing boudoir, did you do it in the comfort of their own home or did you still have a studio that they came to? I did it in their home. Yeah. Or if they wanted to run a hotel. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That sounds super fun too. It was, it was <laughs> fun. I mean, it was, it was fun because it was a little bit naughty at the mm-hmm. time, you know, mm-hmm. because I was very conservative and the idea of being able to see someone naked and yeah. to like put them in positions that were more sensual, um, well, were blatantly sensual actually. Yeah. And, and, and for particularly, yeah, and for someone else. It just felt exciting. Yeah. Um, and, and definitely such an honor even then. Yeah. But now, it, you know, it's completely different. I know I'm going to be able to talk about that soon, but... Pretty much what happened was I started getting really bored with like, okay, um, get your lingerie at Victoria's Secret and here's some pearls and and then asking the question, what does your partner like about you? Mm. Um, especially having had an eating disorder for mm-hmm. 10 years, 10, or 10 plus years. It was just, it kind of hit me one day like, fuck this. Like I'm going to, Oh God. I said, no, girl, okay. you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it in your eyes. You were like, no, no I did it. Sometimes I curse. Um, yeah. So I just didn't, I didn't want to know. I didn't care. I just didn't feel like it was, um, poignant anymore to ask what the partner liked about them. And so I started changing the question what do you like about yourself? What do you struggle to like about yourself? And um, it was no longer, it was a gradual shift. Um, but as that started happening, it was like women started coming alive and it became very fun. How many years did you shoot when it was partner centered where they were shooting for their loved one? How many years did you do that? And then how many years did it take you to transition into it being um, self Self-centered, that sounds so wrong, but it's not. I, you know, right. it's one-centered. Yeah, woman-centered, totally. It was five years that I shot partner-centered. And then 
all along I'm kind of slowly getting rid of the shame and mm-hmm. the these ideals of what sexuality is supposed to be like and when and how women are supposed to act and I just had this whole thought that um, you were supposed to only be sexual when you're around your partner. Interesting. And just for your partner. Yeah. And finally, and how I kind of describe it is it felt like there was a snake around my neck and it was strangling me and and it was just fear really. Um, And so, and even, this is crazy, even before when we got married, my husband was like, what do you think about nude art? You know, we're just having this conversation. And I said, oh, I don't think there's a place for it at all. For what? Nude art. Oh, nude. nude. I thought you said noir. And I was like, oh, oh what's noir? <laughs> <laughs> nude art. And he was like, babe, what about museums? And I was like, no. You were, so you were totally against it. I was so conservative. Yeah. Did I you was very pro-sex in marriage, mm-hmm. but it had to be in marriage. And that's how I justified doing boudoir is because mm-hmm. I was helping someone's sex life. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I really did genuinely love sex, it was just I had to have these certain perimeters around it. Right. Marriage was kind of like the all or nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. So did you grow up um, with that mindset and with those principles and those were kind of distilled or instilled in you and then that's kind of like what all what it all came from was that conservative way of thinking right I did grow up in a Baptist church for a fair amount of my life and then we yeah then we stopped going to church altogether and then I kind of went wild yeah and didn't care about any of that and we've all been absolutely for for many years yeah (laughs) yeah and because I thought Christians were super boring and I think to a degree they can be but I have a huge place in my heart for Christianity Mm -hmm. um and for all religions for that matter but that was the way that I'm most connected to God so yeah um and then the crazy part is when I turned 19 I had this really big conversion, like a genuine love experience with God. And it was through Christianity. Mm -hmm. It was through Jesus. And that is when I stopped having sex and like got very hardcore about abstinence. God, I feel like you're literally, I'm like looking in the mirror right now. Cause (laughs) same, keep going. Sorry. Just same. It's like mind blowing. No, totally. I quit having sex. I quit doing drugs. I quit drinking. I quit smoking all in one day. And it, it was quite extreme, but it definitely saved my life. Mm-hmm. And I went from having that Baptist experience to having, um, it was more in a charismatic church, but it was like a genuine, oh, this is the love of God or the universe and there's mercy and there's grace and mm-hmm. um, expansiveness. That was my first experience of like forgiveness and mm-hmm. I'm okay as a human being. Yeah. And that's so liberating and so freeing. And Definitely. Yeah, I feel like there's so much tied to the way that we're grow that that we're raised, which I'm so thankful for. But you know, we're all kids raising kids, you know, and we're all just taught what we're taught. And if we don't explore other things, then we don't know what our true being needs or what what our true being right. wants. Um, so I think that's really cool and brave of you to like break out from what you were so used to and um, and explore Thank something you. new. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely scary. Um, so anyways, I did the, the partner centered for five. And then as I started, um, questioning my beliefs within Christianity, um, and just asking more questions and, um, being open to other ideas 
and really exploring intellectually for the first time. That's when I started thinking about Lady Groove. And it didn't even have a name then. It was just like slowly, hmm, this is actually not bad. And because it was, I had this question of, hmm, should I put things on the internet? You know, I really had a big dilemma about posting right. people's bodies mm-hmm. because you didn't want to, quote unquote, make someone stumble. And um, so just kind of weeding through all of these things that I had been taught and trying to decide what's true for me and what's not regarding sexuality. And slowly that snake stopped being around my neck. Yeah. And I came up with Lady Groove. That's so cool. Yeah. So it was the, you guys, you and your husband were married um, for how many years? And then you went into Lady Groove stuff. We were married for or five years. Okay. So it's Six like six years, maybe. Yeah. A straight up 10 years. And like half of it was um, centered around the other partner. And then now it's been what, five years since it's Lady been Groove? three, three years. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. It's been three that I've officially like started shooting Lady Groove. Cool. How old yeah. are you? I'm 34. Girl. Yeah. Oh my God. If y'all can <laughs> even see this woman, she is, you are just absolutely stunning. Thank you. So Thank you go you. girl. How old are you? I'm 30. 30. I just turned 30. That's right. <laughs> and it feels so good. Yeah, it does. Um, oh man, I could totally get into being 30 and like I had the craziest, you were talking about yoga right when you got here. Mm-hmm. I have a quick weird story for Tell you. Tell me. Um, my cousin moved up here over the summer and she was really into astrology and you know, it's one of those things I used to look in the back of a magazine and read about your horoscope, but I never really gave it a thought, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I have like had my chakra read and I've been into energy and, um, you know, those kinds of things. But anyway, so I was going through, well, I didn't know I was going to go through a breakup, but I was feeling it, you Mm -hmm. know, you know, when it's coming, at least Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm very intuitive. And so I took myself to Nashville, Mm -hmm. um, a week before I turned 30. And Mm -hmm. so my brain is very open to new experiences. And I signed up for this meditation and yoga class. Um, at the Namaste house in Nashville. Mm. And I thought it was like a ton of women that I was going to be around. Well, I get there and it's me and this other woman and I'm face to face in this super intimate setting. And, um, she talks to me at the end of it all. And and I really had to stretch my comfort zone in this way. Cause you were talking about laughing yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, this was the first time I had ever done breath work. Mm. with a stranger right and super intimate super intimate <laughs> and I was also trying so hard not to laugh because I did want to take something away from it and I didn't want to mock it but it, sure. it's so new and you feel silly so the ultimate thing we do when we feel weird and silly is to laugh because we're nervous anyway so at the end of it all she probably wouldn't have minded no probably not left, we did sound energy I mean it was crazy like Gosh. I'd never done anything like that that's so cool it was really cool so um we get to the end of it and she's like why are you in Nashville and so we get in this conversation about 30s and then she was like I was like well I pretty much feel like my life is falling apart right now what I thought was going to happen isn't really happening and I've mm-hmm. just been totally trying to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And she said, um, you're actually going through Saturn's return. Not, you're not in Mercury's retrograde. And I was like, what does that even mean? So I looked it up later and every 30 years, Saturn makes its way around the sun. And whether you believe this or not, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just interesting. Um, and so when it does that, it's your 30. And that's why people have, um, midlife crises and, and, quarter life crises. And so on my 30th birthday is when 
Um, oh, so Saturn's return is when you shed whatever doesn't match your life anymore. It's like a rebirth. Mm-hmm. And so, um, ironically, on my 30th birthday, I, I shed the relationship that I wow. was in for five and a half years. So just really mm-hmm. interesting. I think 30s are very powerful. And, um, and I know that mm-hmm. that's got to be liberating. I feel like you being 34 and you just, you're three years into Lady Groove. So this is all very fresh still. It is. Um, which I find so interesting because I feel like women in their 30s that I've met recently that is the word for 30s. It's liberating. Mm-hmm. And I find that to be so beautiful and so transformative. Um, so I guess I want to ask you, like, what? Um, why did you want to celebrate the woman body in the way that you changed it from partner-centered boudoir mm-hmm. to oneself? Yes, I'd love to tell you. <laughs> so it was kind of birthed out of three personal journeys. One of them was an eating disorder. Um, and I'll, yeah, one of them was an eating disorder. The second was my own sexual liberation. And then the third was just the idea of connecting to your body through movement. And so I'll start with the eating disorder. I had anorexia and bulimia and then over-exercising. It started at nine and then probably around 19, 20 when I had that conversion, mm-hmm. it got a little bit better. And then it wasn't until I was 24 that I really took charge, got a nutritionist, you know, told my family. Um, Was that hard for you to come or did they, they already know? They knew bits and bobs, but Mm -hmm. of, of my experience all along. And it was kind of an on and off thing. I mean, mentally it was always there, but whether I was restricting food or, you know, purging, um, that was, that was on and off. And yeah, it definitely took courage, but it was a huge relief. Mm. It was a huge Mm -hmm. relief to tell them. And um, my dad, helped pay for a nutritionist uh, who actually didn't know anything about eating disorders because they told me I needed to lose weight. And what? Yeah, it was crazy. It was, mm-hmm. yeah, apparently I wasn't in the, the range. So there are a lot of very excellent nutritionists and um, therapists and people in Greenville and surrounding that can help you if you, if you need that help. But I didn't have those resources then. So... Yeah, I and through this whole recovery process of of me making that decision of I am not going to hate my body anymore. Mm-hmm. That that looked like a lot of different ways and I have felt so much more connected to myself. I wanted to be a safe place for women to practice that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to photoshop anymore, you know. All along, I've been photoshopping women's bodies to look smaller, bigger. You know, maybe they had wrinkles in their dress and they wanted their curves to show differently or they wanted their breasts bigger. And there was something inside of me that was like, oh, no, this just doesn't feel right. Yeah. But it was just kind of what I was taught and Mm -hmm. what I thought I was supposed to do. And women wanted that. Right. And I stopped that very drastically. I was just like, no more. I'm not going to do that. And obviously when you shoot someone, you can make them look bigger, smaller. There's lots of different angles, angles. girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the way that I try to shoot now is to reflect all of those angles because it's not that one's more true than the other. It's just a different, a- different angle. Mm-hmm. And I, I try during sessions to say, please don't suck in, please, you know, let your breath out. It's okay if your boobs sag. And you know, and we've obviously gone through this whole thing of what they like about themselves mm-hmm. and what they 
don't. You have a process. Um, and I, I actually photographed with you a couple weeks ago and that was, and we'll get into that in a minute, but you do have a process. So it's not like you're just throwing these women into a room. You, you have communicated, you've kind of understood where they were coming from and why they were coming to you. Sure. So yeah, yeah. yes, definitely. Communication is so big, even, Oh, it's just like, learning that you can communicate about sex, learning that you can communicate about what your boundaries are. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think that learning those things personally has really helped me in my business. Um, and it creates clear expectation. So all of that eating disorder. Now I wanted to be a safe place for women to be exactly who they are Mm -hmm. and to not have to look different. I love that. That's the first part. And then the whole sexual liberation that we kind of talked about Mm -hmm. And wanting to say, hey, guess what? You weren't born to be a sexual being for another person. Yeah. Firstly, you know, if you choose that, excellent. But it's okay for you to feel sexual and to connect to who you are and to touch your body and to masturbate and to do whatever, you know, you, you know, to explore these ideas in your brain. It doesn't make you shameful. It doesn't make you wrong. And there are ways to do that in a safe way that, that we've never been taught. Right. And it's not yeah. talked about. No, because everything is shamed. Right. In that, in that origin, like everything is. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Especially when you come from the mindset of like, well, sex is great, but only inside of marriage. And, and so like my husband and I, we actually, once we met, we waited until we were married to have mm-hmm. sex. And all of a sudden in one day, it's supposed to change. And that is layers of trying to figure out because you've built this idea that sex is wrong, sex is wrong, sex is wrong until now. And then boom, all of a sudden it's not. It's like, what the hell? Like, what am I supposed to do with my body? Like, how am I supposed to feel comfortable? Right. And I don't even know my body because I haven't been encouraged. Well, if sex is wrong inside of marriage, I mean, you know, outside of marriage, I haven't been encouraged to connect to that mm-hmm. on my own, even if it wasn't with a partner. Right. I mean, like I can get down with someone believing in abstinence. I really can. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it's really important that we connect ourselves. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So that's kind of also been the idea of come have your, come to a safe place and um, allow me to photograph your body, A, as it is, and B, in a way that isn't shameful. And it's super creative. I love the way um, that you have incorporated light or um, the way that you've not incorporated light. You mm-hmm. know, it's like you, you're really great. And I know that you you were talking about technical skills and I know that like I'm, you know, I'm a photographer as well. And so I get that photographing um, over time, you, you start to really kind of hone in on your strengths with light. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is whenever I photographed with you, I loved what you did. I mean, you highlighted one side of the body and then you kept the other, I don't know. It just makes it so much more. Um, it makes it art. Mm, yeah. So, you. so my big question, for let you. me tell okay, you the sorry. third one. People are like, I need the closure. Please <laughs> tell me the third Let's talk about photography. I definitely want to talk about that. But so thirdly was movement. And I grew up dancing and I didn't realize until later how much of a therapeutic Mm -hmm. outlet that was for me growing up. And, and so there is a lot of movement in Lady Groove, even if it's just 
all right, let's fling your hair from side to side. Okay, stretch. And then one of the questions I ask is, um, what makes you feel the most sexy? And so during that, some people will say yoga or exercising, obviously, because endorphins. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That's just a very um, – that's what a lot of people say. It's yeah. a majority thing. Um, even like this last summer, I realized – Oh my gosh, I feel so sexy when I um, cut the grass. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so probably again the exercise thing and the sweat. But it's funny when you tap into the things that do make you feel sexy. um, How random it can be. I I completely understand that. You you want to know what makes me feel sexy? Tell me. Cooking. Yes, I can see that. Feeding my body something healthy that makes me feel sexy. Mm Mm -hmm. and communication right and to even be able to say that Mm -hmm. and not feel like oh that's weird or Mm -hmm. there's shame around that it's like it's so freeing it's not a bad word (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay so the movement part of it is basically that I think that women come alive when we're moving and I try to incorporate that and propel women to move in whatever way feels natural to them and not uncomfortable when we're shooting. Yeah. I mean, just like whenever you're doing yoga or when I ran cross country, just warming your body up, mm. it, it frees you to, to be your best, um, in whatever you're doing. Right. So I love that. And I think, I don't know if you listened to the last session, but I secretly want to be a hip hop dancer. Oh, I remember so- you telling me that <laughs> that makes me happy. So I'm really, I'm really, um, I love that you used to dance. What kind of dance did you do? I did jazz tap point that's awesome um ballet that's amazing I but we did you go to the ecstatic dance girl were we there together I've been to yes we've done one class together okay I've been to I think two or three classes and then I haven't been back yet but that is one of the coolest um I've never I've never I would say closer to my 30 I can't say 30s because I'm not in there yet Mm -hmm. but closer to my 30 I um I started really like diving into um ex- exploring different things and movement has been one for me that I never felt comfortable in my own body either. Mm-hmm. And so ecstatic dance um well I would say just like growing up and and going to concerts and stuff like that I realized how amazing I felt when I left mm-hmm. and I would be like wow like I feel like I just did something I don't know, like I just jumped off a cliff, but all I did was dance. Um, but I never put myself in a in a small space where I was able to move without any words. And so ecstatic dance was that for me. Like it, mm-hmm. it felt so beautiful. Um, and just to see other people doing it. That's so cool. Yeah. Or you could just close your eyes free. and just move. Right. Um, but just seeing other people and knowing that that's encouraged. That's Ab- cool. Yeah. Because like our, our body naturally knows what it wants, yeah. you know, and it's just taking that listening. I remember when I was going through the whole, what I call my sexual liberation, and I got on the floor in my, and there was no one, you know, it was in my house, and I was on my yoga mat, and I just wanted to, like, do things to open my hips, and it just, it felt wrong to be alone and to have my legs open and to have my hips spread, <laughs> you know, it just felt yeah. so bad. No, I totally I'm like, get that. God, this feels fucking amazing. you know and maybe you feel sexual maybe you don't maybe it's just a release of your of your body and 
I had only been doing those specific things when in, in partnership, you know, when mm-hmm. we were together. And so that was so freeing. It's just like, oh, that's all I want. That's all my body wanted. And then yeah. we can move on. It's not like I'm going to become a nymphomaniac or something. It's not that you have to. <laughs> I mean, maybe I will. I don't know. but <laughs> <laughs> I will do another podcast five years down the road and see where you're at with that. <laughs> but yeah, I love, I love just having um, no reason at all, but just the fact that you want to move your body to move your body. Because I, I find that like yoga and stuff like that, that was weird to me. When I first started doing mm-hmm. yoga in college, I had never been around someone else where I'm like sticking my ass in the, in the air and right. like and doing, breathing. Yeah. In front of people like that. Yeah. 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 So it's just, <laughs> but I grew up, um, I struggle with anxiety and I, and I will say that like learning the way to breathe, like yoga was the first place that taught me how to breathe and how to calm your body and catch your breath and to be able to really control or try to control your mind and your body and your spirit and through through that. Um, so I think movement is totally legit. I love right. that you focus on that too. It's yeah. super cool. And it gets people out of their, their bodies. And I found that you need to use the energy that they have because everyone comes in with most likely a nervous energy and excited mm-hmm. energy. And so if you get people moving – then they they calm down the warm up like girlfriend fall into themselves <laughs> <laughs> so how do you decide what kind of um light you're going to use cuz when i did this session with you it was a little darker a little more um um art new yeah it was just moody yeah we moody there we go definitely um it was nudy and moody it was nudy and moody <laughs> <laughs> but um but i've seen some of your other stuff and it's bright and um playful so how do you decide what to use in your work? A lot of it comes from the Pinterest board mm-hmm. that the client does mm-hmm. and getting a feel for what they're going for. Yeah. Sometimes people specifically say, like, I love harsh shadows. Um, I don't want bright, white, happy, clean. They don't want that. And yeah. so I'll just, if if they have the, um, the words or the visual um, ability in Pinterest to to show me, then I'll take that and try to recreate, not recreate it, but be inspired by it. Otherwise, it really just depends on what they come in with outfit wise. And if a specific light is, is shining in the studio at a certain time, you know, like, I don't know if you noticed this, but summer and winter lights, very, very different. And yeah, yeah, so my winter light has already started coming in and, and that will give me a whole new variety of what I can shoot with. And technically learning light when I learn a new technique, I'm just like, well, real sorry for whoever's next that I'm <laughs> shooting because they're getting it. I love it. Um, so if I have my own inspiration, sometimes I'll, I'll ask clients, hey, like I know this wasn't on your board, but I really want to try this new thing. Can I play around? Yeah. And yeah. they typically love that. Yeah. I mean, I think that one of the best things about being an artist and being a photographer is that most people want your creative input and they want to be told um or at least like they they like to be and I love what you posted the other day about a muse um but but a lot of people want that they want to feel beautiful and oh yeah I love when clients say I just want to be your muse do whatever you want with me and that just (laughs) so exciting just creatively um to be able to get out all that that's on the inside well, so I know that a lot of this is um, centered around 
personal breakthroughs and um, what has been the most, like the biggest challenge that you've faced in photographing other women's bodies, like either to you or to someone else? Um, what's been the biggest challenge for you? Hmm. I think continuing to stay creative with every single client and not replicate has been a huge challenge because I don't want to be just this boudoir house that people come into, get on the bed, do these positions. Mm -hmm. I want it to feel like them and I want each person to be able to connect to themselves and for me to visually display that. Mm -hmm. So that is a huge challenge. It takes a lot of energy and I've actually started shooting a little bit less so that I can give to each client that way. Mm-hmm. So that's been a challenge. Um, my own judgments have come up mm-hmm. during all of this. And while I have can say a hundred percent, I have found beauty in every single body that has walked through my doors. Um, I genuinely mean that it just brings up my own judgments about how I think bodies are supposed to look or what stereotypes I have. And, um, so I've just had to deal with that. Yeah, and it's and it's like peeling away the layers of like what you think a body should look like, but but truthfully, oh man, I totally get that because I I mean I think being a visual artist and people are beautiful, mm-hmm. and especially if they also have come into their own and they oh my gosh, I've just had some of the most beautiful brides. Um, and, and while you're photographing, you, you start to, to recognize, well, if you haven't asked them, because I don't get to ask everybody, you know, like what right. they love about their bodies. But it's been really cool to see like women who want to show off a certain part of their body or who have like started to really believe in the, the only thing that we're given, you mm-hmm. know, it's just, anyway, mm-hmm. it's so cool. It is. And I feel like so many... What we do oftentimes when we look in the mirror or when we're judging a certain part of our body is we hone in on that one particular part Mm -hmm. and people don't look at bodies and just look at an individual thing. They, they focus on the whole. Mm -hmm. And so I think being able to photograph someone, their entire body with that piece that they don't like, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, it's not, it's not as dramatic as I thought it was or look at all the other beautiful things. Right. Right. And and, and a lot of times, women will let me specifically photograph the part of their body that they aren't comfortable with, mm-hmm. and I try to do that very respectfully, and, and it's such an honor, but most of the time, I would say women are like, I, I definitely grew in love for that, that body part. Mm. And, and uh, an exercise that I used to do all the time is I just didn't like my boobs, mm-hmm. and so I would just put my hands on my boobs. And just like hold them and and just tell like talk to them, which sounds <laughs> weird, but you know you're okay. I yeah. love you. Um, I accept you, even if it didn't necessarily feel it. And I think that this that lady groove is sort of a um, it's an exercise for being able to accept body parts. I love that, and it's funny because when I did the session with you, I the only the main part of my body that I didn't love or that I don't love that I'm learning to love. Mm-hmm. Um, are my thighs. And that was the main thing that was out, I feel like, mm-hmm. whenever I was in the leotard. Yeah. And so, I don't know. It, I walked away from your session and I felt, I, I remember calling one of my friends and I was like, I would do that every day. Mm. 
it was liberating. It was so freeing, and I felt really beautiful when I left. Good. Um, so you looked really beautiful. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was such a cool exercise. It was um, a really neat experience. I feel like it totally it. it it dug into the playful side of my, of my being that I feel like most women struggle with. Um, I struggle with. Sure. I mean, well, what are your outlets? You know, how many outlets do we really have to be able to just strip down and, and play in a safe, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? I'll think of it in a minute, but in a way that you know that I'm not going to touch you. I'm not, this is not sexual. This is you just being free to be who you are. That's what I love. So many women say, gosh, I'm naked. I forgot. Or (laughs) I thought this was going to be weird. And it's not. It's not like, oh my gosh, I'm naked and there are windows all around and I feel fine. Yeah. And it's like this breath of fresh air comes in them. I'm like, yes, this is so fun. I mean, truthfully, like if you really think about it, like this is the nature of our being. Like this is where we should feel the most comfortable is um, being in our own skin. That's all we have. I think about that all the time. Like you're, you have been given your body and your mind and, and, you know, some people believe a soul and, those three things combined, it's like, how do you nurture them? Mm. And I think that what you're doing is nurturing. Mm, thank um, you. Yeah, I it's super so. cool. <laughs> Thanks, so Jess. have you ever been on the other side of the lens in the way that you photographed women? No, but really? I want to so badly. Girl, I'll come up there and do it any day. <laughs> I mean, so fun. Yeah, I, well, I'm very particular Art-wise, and mm-hmm. like I want someone to use all kinds of specific light, and at the cost of this potentially sounding narcissistic, I really wish I could shoot myself. Yeah, and my husband has offered, you know, to to shoot me, and he's a photographer, and he's great, and he's my partner, so obviously I feel safe with him. But um, it's just it's just different. So I have done a self portrait, and that that felt the most genuinely like me yeah. to be able to shoot that. But there is this awesome photographer that when I get pregnant, I told my husband I want he and I to do a nude with him. He does Ooh, just cool. nudes. He's, his name's Maxim, and he's out of Charlotte. That's a cool name. Yeah. <laughs> What's up with all these cool names? I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be so um, such a cool experience, too, to be with your partner, someone that you've you've just trusted – with your, with your body and with your heart Mm -hmm. and your mind and, um, to be able to have that experience in with another person. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. Especially if you you had a little baby in there. I know. (laughs) That'd be amazing. Gosh. Um, how do you stay inspired? That's a huge question on this, on this podcast in general. It's like inspiration. What do you find inspiring, um, and new when you're creating with other people? clothing, food, anything, you know, being outside, you can get an idea mm-hmm. watching TV. You can see some, you can see two colors mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh, I have to use those two colors yeah. in my next shoot. Um, traveling to different places, just getting outside and doing new things and people, you know, what their questionnaires really do inspire me. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. What they have to say, what their, what their stories have been, because in these questionnaires, people really share 
their shit. Yeah. And I'm able to to take these, you know, 10, five years of their difficulty and say, hmm, this shot could really capture that. Mm, yeah. So. Is that sometimes hard for you when they walk in and you know, um, you know a lot of, of what they're going through and what they're fighting and what they're struggling with to, I know you talked about energy and you are, ex- you're extending all of this energy. Um, do you leave exhausted or do you, do you leave like super energized or is it just, is it a mixture? I'm huge into energy. So I yeah, think, yeah, it is a mixture and it depends on the person. Not everyone knows how to give back energy mm. and that's okay because I sign up to, to give energy. Right. Um, but it is very helpful when someone knows how to reciprocate that and it does recharge me a bit. And when people allow me to do what I want creatively Mm -hmm. that really energizes me yeah good conversation that'll energize me but physically no matter what I'm exhausted Mm -hmm. yeah and and you know just having the responsibility and the and the trust from someone else that can be exhausting and like in a beautiful way oh absolutely especially if they're a little bit more timid and I want to make sure that this experience for them feels uber safe Mm -hmm. and that they know that they can trust me. And fortunately people tend to say that they feel comfortable around me. Mm -hmm. I don't do anything special for that, but it is, uh, I think it has helped me. Yeah. I do love that you're, um, you are communicative when you're shooting and Mm -hmm. you are, you're safe. You, you do feel safe because you ask the questions like, can can I touch, you know, you, can I move your hair? That kind of thing. Right. And I think that right. that sets um, sets people up to feel open and yeah, especially in such like a intimate setting. Yes, yes. No. Well, at the beginning when I first started shooting, because sexuality and nudity was so off limits to me, it felt like, oh gosh, like is this going to turn into something where I feel really turned on? Or, you know, I <laughs> yeah. just didn't. I didn't, didn't know. know how it was going to work. And people would ask me, they'd be like, oh. One person said to me, I really hope that you are praying a hedge of protection around yourself. I'm going to be praying for you as you're in there because in case a spirit of like sex comes over you, and I'm like, you know what? This is where I used to believe these things. And now I'm at now where I'm at now is, oh, we have Mm self-control. This is a choice that I make. If the spirit of sex comes over me, I'll feel the spirit of sex right. and I won't choose to act on this. Exactly. You know, so yeah. that just me learning how to be around naked women took me being around naked women. Yeah. And it's um, all now it's just bodies. They're great and glorious and I love it, but it's just not a thing anymore. Right. Right. You look at it as um, like people's bodies are art and it's not sexualized. Um, and I right. think that that has I feel like you've kind of changed the way that Greenville has seen bodies, which in a, in a Southern city where we are very, um, hard on each other Mm. and we're not, we're not, we're not freely open to celebrate our bodies in the way that you're vetting for. And I think that I was talking to my friend the other day and I was like, it's so funny because I feel like I've seen everybody in West Greenville's boobs. (laughs) It's not weird. Right. It's like, it's the best. And it I'm is. like, free the I nipple, I know what man. your ass looks like, and it's great. <laughs> Everybody's so beautiful in the West End. Yeah. I mean, I love it. And thanks it's for sharing. Good. Thanks for, like, 
being a real body and, sh- and showing that. Yeah. Because when we see our body, when we see someone that has attributes that we thought were negative and someone else has it and they look fucking drop dead gorgeous, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is okay. Yeah. But I love that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I love on your page, your website, where you say that you're a high-end boudoir photographer, but you're also a thrift store extraordinaire. I don't know how you word thrift it. Thrift shopping extraordinaire. You're not a thrift store. <laughs> But I bet you'd love to be. I would love to be. Yeah. Um, I grew up thrifting. I mean, that's mm. really what my whole childhood was. Like, love love my parents, but we were frugal. Mm-hmm. And so we would go, like, once a year in Tennessee, bless the United States, to a Goodwill. And that was, like, our one shopping spree of the year. How funny. Yeah. So my, I'm very interested in how you got into thrifting. And I know that it became cool, but back then it was not cool. I would come with like weird shirts on and like pants that didn't make any sense and right. to school. And people would be like, what are you wearing? And what I'd be like, that? this is cute. <laughs> like, you'll see. Yeah. Just hit 25 <laughs> and you'll know. I feel the same way. Yeah. My mom is, I got this from her. She's excellent at it and she knows how to find those specific pieces that are expensive. Um, So I learned from her. But I did always love clothes Mm -hmm. and got made fun of for what I wore. Mm -hmm. Like I had... I had red pleather pants that I wore in middle school. Oh, babe, babe. I just went straight to the Britney Spears body It was very Britney. Yes. They were incredible. And I don't think the women of seventh grade liked them. I do think the men did. And I had Dalmatian pants, full-on Dalmatian pants. I wore scarves, you know, and like looked, I don't know. Fashion and what I have worn has always been an expression of my creativity. Same. And you don't have to pay. You can pay $250. Like, I would love to have really expensive things. And I do have doses of them, but supplement with good old Levi jeans that you get at Thrift. And girl, now they're expensive. They are. Like, if you go up to Nashville and you're, like, going through a little thrift shop up there, they're, like, a hot pop. Right. And you're like, this is not even thrifting anymore. This takes the fun out of it because you've already picked it out for me. Mm-hmm. Now you're just asking me to pay, pay a pretty penny for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm offended. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going back to Miracle Hill. That's right. Um, <laughs> how do you blend your work life with your perf- or your personal life? Uh, being an entrepreneurial woman, I know that it's hard yeah. to do both. So how do you set boundaries? Levi and I got really good at this when we were working together because we would work together all day and then it would still be at our home and it's so easy to check your email at like 9 p.m. and you're trying to get in bed and then your brain starts spinning and you want to respond, especially at the beginning because you want to make sure that you get that client and so we stopped. So we made a, a stopping point to where we would no longer check our email and then if you needed to have a work conversation you would have to ask, can we have this work conversation right now? And then that person fully can say, um, yes, we can, or no, we can't, but let's reschedule it for the morning at 8 a.m. or whatever. Let's be real. I'm not getting up at 8, <laughs> 9, 10. <laughs> well, got to preach to the choir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that we had to learn those boundaries, and they just kind of continued into Lady Groove. Yeah. I think that's so smart, and it's so healthy to have those boundaries. It's 
so tough to set those boundaries and actually stick to them because really like we just make up everything. Um, right. when you're an entrepreneur, you literally make everything up. You do. And so having just things that you set into motion and you're able to believe in them and to, um, put those down on paper and mm-hmm. stick to them. It's hard. Mm-hmm. A schedule is still something that I'm really still struggling with Yeah, and, and want to get better at. Because if I want to, I can get up at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. and answer my emails and you know do the rest of my work in my PJs. But there is something to having a schedule, especially for my personality, that keeps me grounded. So still working on that. And people come up with all I, – I had this business coach – and she was the shit. She helped me so much. Her name is Sarah Jane Case. Does she, she live here? She's out of Asheville. Not too far. No, no. But she was with me for the first year and a half of Lady Groove. And I had access to her through email and just would ask her questions almost every single day. And she was huge on a four-day work week, on being so scheduled. Like she has these things called like journey books where you write down all of your task lists. And she made her own type of uh, calendar, you know, for people. Yeah. And that was helpful. Yeah. I still am trying to figure out the whole scheduling thing. I I feel like the last two years, um, I realized how much of a yes person I was and Mm. how I, I'm an empath. So I just, I can't ever say no to anyone because I want everyone to have a good experience. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yes, yes, yes. Like, Mm -hmm. but really you're, you're doing a disservice to yourself and to the people that you love and Mm -hmm. to your business. If you're not a little more, um, intentional, Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like what I've been learning. Um, and, and, you know, before I started all of this, like I've heard these things, but it's totally about the experience and being in it and learning yourself. And I'm sure you're one of those people that you have to learn on your own. Like no one can teach you. Hard headed AF. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, and then not taking clients that want it for the intention of their partner Mm -hmm. that keeps me, you know, that that's super helpful and not draining me and keeping my creativity going. And I'm not like saying, Oh, well, I don't want to answer these emails because this is going to be boring to me or this is outside of my brand. Um, that's, that's been helpful. Although I will say that I've never really had an issue with, especially in the last like eight years or so of saying no. When Levi and I were working together, he was like, we're going to take this. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want this. That's too much, you know, but it's good to learn from him because we made money and it got us started. And it's good to have both sides. It is for sure. Well, um, I think we're going to get into our fave threes. So it's already time. It's crazy how quick time flies. (laughs) Three faves. It's time for three faves. Yeah. So, Allie, we are going to end with the fave babes, three faves. Mm, let's so, do it. <laughs> um, what is your favorite beat and your favorite babe and your favorite book right now or author? Yes. Currently, my favorite beat is Ella Fitzgerald's Christmas tunes. Yeah, feeling it. <laughs> and my favorite babe is Jamie Beck. She does Ann Street Studios. And she's a photographer. She's pregnant right now. And she has done these amazing self-portraits. Mm. So definitely check her out on I Instagram. Yeah. yeah. 
And then my favorite book right now is called Grounded. It's by Diana Butler Bass. And it's all about connecting to the earth. That God is... Sorry. That God, God's face and body can be touched through the earth. That's really interesting. It is. And that sounds like a book I want to read like right now. I, I definitely <laughs> recommend it. Yeah. Well, thank you. It is a Christian book, but cool. in, in a different kind of way. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Um, my three faves right now, my favorite beat um, would be... Arlie, um, this chickie doodle that is in Sister Sparrow and the Dirty Birds, they are a soul rock band based out of New York. Um, one of my favorite songs that they sing is called Mama Knows, mm. and girl, she gets it. <laughs> mm. My favorite author, um, I you know, book kind of thing would probably be this this woman on Instagram that I've been following for a while. Her name is. Well, if you're on Instagram, she's at M-I-N-N-A underscore B, Mina B. Um, She has written a book called Rivers Are Coming. She's, um, I mean, I think she does coaching, like life coaching. And she's also, I mean, her quotes are so encouraging and they're just raw. And every day I feel like I screenshot and post something that she does. Like that's. That's how I think inspiring she is to me. Mm. Um, she's also a, the creator of Lit Social, which is like an online book club and writing club. Nice. Kind of cool. And then my favorite babe, I freaking love Brighton Keller. She is a lifestyle blogger, but she's into fitness and she's into um, fashion, which I know we both love. And, um, and she's also very encouraging. And I think what's so appealing is that she's so raw and real and authentic on her stories. And Mm so, um, anytime I'm going through something, I've kind of, she's also like around the same age we are. And so, um, it's just cool to kind of see someone who is in the limelight, quote unquote, on social media and still able to be grounded. Yes. Like how you type that in. (laughs) Oh, I need to add one. Yes, please, please. Morgan Harper Nichols. Have you heard of her her. on Instagram? Mm -mm. She does these free writings and they're just so encouraging. Oh my Um, gosh. And I keep going back to them over and over and over. Just like, oh yes, I can do this. (laughs) Just keep breathing. I've got this. Everyone's going through shit, you know? Yeah. So that's so cool. Well, thank you so much, Allie, for being on on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Chelsea. Yeah, it's this been is an awesome. Honor. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for listening, and please subscribe. We are now on iTunes. You can look us up by F A V E B A B E S. Please subscribe and rate us. Thank you to our guest, Allie Monday the big white house and celebrating the female body. See you next week.